As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman. Zach, how is your taco soup recipe? <laughs> that is a reference to Nick Sirianni, for those who don't understand. I do like taco soup. I haven't made it. I should make it. Uh, and as Nick Sirianni alluded to, probably put some more Fritos in it so the kids like it. Is that correct? I think he said Fritos on the side. If Fritos on the pit, side. going to be pedantic. Okay. Yes. Um, but Nick Sirianni referenced that as a way of discussing how they self-scout. That you're trying to look at what you do and get better at it and perfect it just as he's perfecting his taco soup, which his wife enjoys, but his children don't. Mm-hmm. Was that like music to your ears, Zach? Yeah, it's. I think it's a really good reference. It's something <laughs> that will get into a notebook on The Athletic. And it's, uh, yeah, and I think anytime you can humanize the coach, right? It's, it's what's the magazine, Us Weekly? They're just like us or mm-hmm. people, is it Us Weekly? They're just like us? Yeah, um, like the stars are just like us. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah they go grocery shopping. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 the same thing. And if you uh, had to guess, mm-hmm. how how many times a year do you think Sirianni makes the taco soup? <laughs> What's the over under? I'll, I'll go over under. Like if you give me the over under, I'll tell you if I think over or under. I think the over under is one and a half. <laughs> oh, I think over on that. I'm going to base it off how many times Michael cooks a year and it's got to be under five, I'd say. I mean, he's eating at the uh, cafeteria most of the time. We know that. And during the off season, when he's not in the building, he's probably traveling a bit with the family, right? So he's not, I can't imagine he's 
home for lunch too often, but they're, that's, they're, a dinner, they're, that's a dinner meal. Yeah. Okay. You're home for, yeah. And, and like a winter food. dinner meal. That's yeah. not like, you know, yeah, that's time. the thing is like most of his off time is, is yeah. summer. He's not busting out a taco soup in July. Yeah. You have a taco soup in July. I ate. taco gazpacho. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a good question here. Probably look in 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 February, maybe you know his yeah. his his wife gets to go out for a night. He has the kids. Uh, he needs right. to make something quickly. That's one. It's an easy thing to make. Okay, there's there there's one, and then another time, you know, uh, Saturday night before a game or something, or Friday night before the game, he has the kids home. He's making uh he's making tacos. I mean, not Saturday night because they're in the the building on Saturday night. So Friday night. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to think like how many times is he really cooking dinner? And then whatever that is, like is taco soup, the only arsenal, the only thing in his arsenal, or does he have like three things that he can make? This is why I wish there were follow-up questions, right? Mm. You was, are you a big soup guy? A very big soup guy. Yes. Well, Me I mean, too. not literally big, but yeah, I am a, I am, I am a soup guy. All right, let's go. Uh, let's let's start this podcast off the right way. Let's go. You know uh, we're around playoff week now, right? You know, the let's Eagles, do. The Eagles got the number one seed, and we're doing soup. Let's do two <laughs> rounds of a soup draft. Okay, and then, and our, our okay, two rounds of a soup draft. You go. You, that, you got the number one pick. I have the, I have the number one pick of a soup draft. Yes. Um. Okay, I have an answer for that. Um. I think I think the the chalk answer would be a chicken noodle soup. Uh, it's like a you know if if you if you want a soup, when do you really need a soup? When you when you want something to feel good. But I think the upgrade from the chicken noodle soup, uh, and my number one, is a wonton soup. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. go wonton soup, one one overall. Although are we are we counting uh, pho and ramen here, or are, are those separate entities? I mean I know those those are Your technically soups, but if I <laughs> If they count, then I'm I would go for number one. Yeah, yeah, I I will weigh in on the record debate. You can have this the the soup debate. So I'm gonna go ahead and discount. I know this is unfair in a in a soup draft, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and discount pho and ramen because otherwise those. I've actually never had that, so. Well, you, got some, go. you got some you got some scouting to do, Marissa. Yeah, definitely. All right, definitely. Marissa, you can go. You can go number two. Okay. Um. Lots of good comments in the chat. Clam chowder, matzo ball soup. Um, but I'm going to go broccoli cheddar soup. Broccoli cheddar. What are my Really? Really? I love like a creamy broccoli cheddar soup. Are you serious? That's so good. Uh, so I'm I'm going. I didn't know that would be controversial. Reach, reach city. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm going New England clam chowder. Okay. okay. A few comments about that. Yeah, and actually, what I like is um, there's a there's a place uh, Smitty's in Summers Point. A clam bar where you do half clam chowder, half or half New England clam chowder, half Manhattan clam chowder. So you mm. can white that that like chowder bigamy. Yeah, that really does it for me. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I would go corn chowder, but 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 can I go chowder chowder here or or, or <laughs> oh. you can do whatever you want. It's your board. I mean, you can take Trey Thomas three overall. <laughs> I'm I'm real happy with my New England clam chowder number one overall. Um. You know, I, I I will go with. Uh, I don't know if chili counts as a soup, but yeah, I, I was thinking chili. about that. I yeah, that is that would probably be my top if it did count. Yeah, I I I'm going with a chili like a. I feel a, like that's like is a hot dog sandwich question. Yeah, yeah, a vegetable chili. 
Mm. Vegetable. Mm. All right. All right, Marissa, you're up uh, fifth overall. Okay. Um, we actually talked about this on a cameo, um, but I like a tomato soup, especially with like grilled cheese mm, on the grilled side. Grilled cheese, tomato soup, classic combination. Yes. Yes. So tomato soup will be my second pick. I hope that's not as controversial. <laughs> mm. All right. This is tough. I got to think. I mean, I would again, pho and ramen uh, are there for me, but if we're, if we're saying they don't count, I've got like a chicken soup ish base with the, with a wonton. I want a little bit of variety here. Um, you know what? Maybe like a, uh, maybe a butternut squash soup. That's what I'm going to go with here. Something okay. So different. you knocked my broccoli cheddar and you're picking butternut squash. Those are similar. I feel like, no? I mean, butternut squash is a better soup than <laughs> broccoli okay. cheddar. Get out of here. I, I mean, I just dominated this draft. This is unbelievable. I feel very strongly about my board. Me too. I feel like I'm going to have soup for dinner tonight now. Well, that's the other question. Is soup a meal? I'm going to go with make no. It a meal? I'm going to go with no. Unless it's like a chili. Unless it's like substantial. But I need something else. Like the, you know, grilled cheese on the side or, you know, a salad or something else. It depends it's on the size. Enough. depends. I mean, if you have I a like beef soup stew, you know. Like, yeah. yeah okay. Chili is a meal. Yeah. I okay. like soup as a meal. Yeah, my wife makes really good vegetable soup as a meal. Okay, all right. Well, it is a playoff week. The Eagles are in the playoffs. They Believe it or not, eight minutes in. Yes. And with that in mind, we send it over now to the stone cold newsman himself, Zach Berman, Mister Chow. Your number one seed Philadelphia Eagles are off this weekend, but not off this week because the players will be in the building uh, for the rest of the week here. They will be focusing on fundamentals. There's a lot of self-scouting. There's a lot of working on things that they would in training camp or OTAs. This is a week essentially where they are focusing on themselves. As far as health-related questions, Jalen Hurts came out of the game sore, as to be expected, Nick Sirianni said that they didn't think he could re-injure himself or further injure himself because he was playing, but he was he was hurting like hell playing out there, uh, being out there. So uh, this gives Hurts a chance to recover. And then we go to uh, Josh Sweat, who nothing is official here, but trending in the right direction. Josh Sweat, who injured his what's, – what's so funny? Nothing. Okay. Um, nobody's flossing on camera or anything don't worry about it <laughs> that's also a reference to the press conference today by the way uh um we you may so have noticed that nick sirianni paused if you're a sicko who watches the press conferences live or listens live yeah. uh, it's because he had to stop himself from laughing because a reporter didn't realize that they had their camera very close on themselves flossing oh no in their car <clears throat> yes no no <laughs> uh so uh, Josh Wett trending in the right direction from that neck injury. Uh, that's a positive sign for the Eagles. Uh, the big news early in the week is that Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen, both popular candidates on the uh, coaching circuit. Shane Steichen, uh, based on reports from The Athletic and from elsewhere, three different head coaching interviews, uh, the Texans, the Colts, and the Panthers. Jonathan Gannon. Texans have requested an interview there. So both those coaches uh, are fitting time this this week with the self-scouting process, but also with the interview process. Nick Sirianni said Jonathan Gannon is going to have 
a nicer suit than Shane Steichen. That's a reference. Gannon is a, uh, a stylish man, apparently, following the footsteps of Jim Schwartz, who is well-known for his style as well. Uh, but that's that's the news this week. A lighter week, but not an off week for the Eagles. Back to, Nor is it an off week for us. Back to you in the studio, Bo. Zach, what are your uh, expectations on the injured Eagles as as we point towards a week and a half from now? Uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously, is going to play, but yep. what are your expectations for him? I know you talked about these guys, but Lane Johnson, Josh Sweat, <clears throat> Avante Maddox, do you think they will be out there in the divisional round? Yes on Lane. Yes on Sweat. Yes on Hurts, of course. TBD on Maddox. Like you mentioned, the fact that they did not put him on IR suggest that they think there's a chance he could be back by then. Otherwise, it would have behooved them to put him on IR right. two weeks ago. It would ago. have been four weeks, right. It would have been four weeks. They would have had him back for the championship game, right? Uh, so, yeah, so I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with potentially, but I, I don't have enough information on that to really make a strong opinion. Okay. Uh, about the about the coaches. Yeah. And Steichen. I think, you know, I, I, this is worthy of a longer conversation. Um, and fortunately we have a podcast, uh, and so we can have that longer conversation. Um, I guess, first of all, do you think that they're both going to leave? Uh, how do you, how do you view their chances? Gannon, remind us again who he's interviewing with. The Texans, Houston, of Texas. course. Yes. And so and far, that's it. For, for I, I, I thought it was on the Broncos list. No, uh, have, I guess he, he was last, last year, year, last year. Not I, I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah, in terms of them putting, uh, oh, um, yeah, no, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, so Gannon for the Texans, obviously, he was close to getting that job last year by all accounts. Um, what do you make of his chances? What do you there's, make of how he would do as a head coach? So, there's a lot of smoke with Houston here. Um, and that's uh, that's certainly something to watch. Um, I don't know what direction Houston's going to go yet. There was, I mean, I remember being in the senior at the Senior Bowl last year, when, you know, I I, I kept hearing Gannon's going to get the Houston job, Gannon's going to get the Houston job, um, and of course there were a lot of things that went on there. Gannon did not get the Houston job. His candidacy would seem to be better this year, in that the Eagles are one of the top defenses in the NFL. Gannon's had a strong year. The Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFL. I will repeat what I said during the podcast last year. And I, and I believe this, you're not hiring Jonathan Gannon based on his defense. You're hiring Jonathan Gannon based on his, you know, leadership ability or the personality, whatever it, it may be. And I feel strongly that when you hire a coach, you don't hire the scheme, you hire the person. Okay. And, uh, I did a story before last season with the premise being like, like, why is everyone talking about this guy as a future head coach? Right. And I spoke to, people who knew him, people who played with him. And, you know, the answer, it, it like the answer was almost uniform. He has natural leadership ability. Uh, so will he get the, I, I don't know what these owners are looking for. I don't know what Jonathan has planned for his staff, what, what Jonathan has planned for um, his, you know, you know, scheduling for his overall program. What I, I would speculate knowing Jonathan as, as, as you do is that in these interviews, I imagine he, he's, he's prepared. Like he knows, he knows what questions I, I, I think I saw a reference to his interviews last year that it was almost like 
Like he, he, uh, he knew the answers before the questions were even asked. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a characterization people made based on, on, on Gannon's personality. So I, I don't know, but I can't imagine you're hiring the scheme. You're hiring the person with Gannon. Um, yeah, as, there's so, there's, there's so much unknown about how yeah. a head coach is going to do. And it's, it's, there are so many parts of the job that are more important than, you know, the scheme, as you say. And so what's the staff is going to put together. What's the, yep. you know, the culture that he's going to try to create, um, you know, what are his overarching philosophies? And I think we agree that like Jonathan Gannon's overarching football philosophies are sound. Um, and I think they would, they, it seems like he cares about the right things. So I, I would be interesting. I think Houston is now Steichen is interviewing there as well. You know, that's a, that is a rotten organization. Um, but so are most of the open jobs right now. Uh, it's like a pretty bad slate of open jobs. I actually, like, I think you could make a case that Houston is, is maybe the second best open job because of all the assets that they have um, because it's a division that is winnable. And because, you know, they're like a laughing stock right now for, and rightfully so for having fired their last two coaches after one year, I think you probably get some built in stability, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. And I, I would imagine they, that they'd probably be trending younger this time around relative to, their previous coach, but I, I, I yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a nonsense report that was put out there, as if like okay. they're blaming the age of the guys they yeah. hired. No, but I, if, yeah, like yeah, give me a break. Yeah, no, that look, that's fair. I agree with you. I'm, I think the thing about, I, I think the rotten thing the the Texans did was firing David Cully in the first place, um, because I think it was very clear to everybody that this was a one year deal for Lovey Smith, even though they signed him to like a four year extension, like it was kind of farcical. Um, and so if you were going to be looking to turn the page anyway, like give Cully an extra year. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a yes. gross, it's a gross it, place. It, it's, it was, a um, yeah, all around. It was an, it was a, an atypical situation last year. Uh, the, uh, as far as Steichen, I, I, I don't want to say you're not looking at him for his leadership ability. Cause that's a big part of it. And we see that with, with Nick Sirianni. But I think with with Steichen, a big appeal to teams will be the experience he has working with young quarterbacks, right? He's worked with Jalen Hurts here. He's worked with uh, Justin Herbert in, in Herbert's rookie year. If you're a team that's that's trying to start over with a quarterback or fix your offense and you're you're trending to that profile of uh, offensive coordinator who's who's worked with you know quarterbacks before, that's that's Steichen's background, right? Steichen, I mean, like if 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 you look at it anecdotally, or Nick Sirianni was a quarterbacks coach who got moved over to wide receivers coach with the Chargers, almost to make room for Steichen to be the quarterbacks coach. Steichen has worked with quarterbacks for most of his NFL career, and uh, he has experience now with two of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL. So, uh, again, you don't hire a scheme. You don't hire someone just because they've worked for someone or with someone. I feel very strongly about that. But if you're try if if you're saying let's let's figure out a quarterback situation, let's get someone who knows quarterbacks, who's worked with quarterbacks. Steichen has that reputation of someone who's who's uh, done so. And the Eagles' offense has been very creative this year. I think his 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 play calling has been impressive. They have answers for things. You know, they, they hit a little bit of a lull in recent weeks. 
Um, but they are, uh, I, I've, I've been impressed throughout the year from his play calling. And if you, frankly, if you, if you track the play calling going back to when we believe he took over last year, um, they've been one of the best offenses in the NFL since that date. I think of the three teams that Steichen is interviewing with Texans, Colts, Panthers, I would, I would lay the most turkeys on the Panthers as a landing spot for him. Just looking at the other people that they're interviewing, they seem focused on uh, young offensive yeah. quarterback people. And, and I, I mean, without, um, you know, uh, knowing the situation there, I mean, Steve Wilkes, I don't know what more he could have done during that job, right? He, if I, there's a bad track record of keeping interim coaches, or, or, or keeping yeah. in-house coaches. And I don't know if that's working against him. Um, and I think I said on the podcast a few years ago that like my only in-person interaction with, with Steve Wilkes one time was on an airplane um, coming back from mo like connecting mobile to Charlotte. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was helping everyone with their luggage. And I thought like, I mean, this is no way to base it off of, but you're talking about someone who takes like the leadership on the plane. He was the guy who, you know, it was it was one of those small planes. Anyone on the plane who needed help with the luggage, Steve Wilkes was doing it. And uh, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I, I took that away as uh, as that was that, that's a nice person. That, that that's someone who has the back of everyone here. Character is what you do when no one's watching, right? I was watching. Actually, but he doesn't know you were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost as if he knew that that was going to impress you, and he did it just for your benefit. <laughs> well, it's a much better um, uh, explanation. One time, I and I, I'm butchering the details probably, but when he got hired in Arizona, Steve Kime once said, like he 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 chatted with him on on, on the beach at one point on vacation, and like was really impressed with him. And mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, yeah, that, anecdotally, that scene on the plane said this is someone who takes charge. Okay, and he had more success with the. Uh, with the Panthers this year than he did in the one year at the Cardinals. But that was a bad year with the Cardinals overall. Yes, unfortunate. All right. I think more to the point for uh, our listeners is the question of if these guys leave, uh, how do the Eagles backfill? And that is a real problem um, that that coaches have is uh, the quote unquote brain drain. Uh, there are young coaches in the building. There are guys that, you know, Sirianni knows around the league. What are your um, your guesses, your expectations for how they might go about backfilling both of these jobs if 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 both guys leave? Uh, Sirianni um, has he's he's he said today that he has strong candidates internally and externally, which which is covering all your bases, I, I suppose. But he uh, he's had time to think about this, right? He, this is not going to surprise him if one or both gets jobs, and he had time last year in particular to think about the defensive coordinator openings. Um, the, uh, let's focus on, on internal candidates for a moment. I think the top internal candidates on the offensive side, Brian Johnson is an obvious name, although I think Brian Johnson's going to be popular elsewhere as, as well for people looking for offensive coordinators. Uh, uh, Kevin Petulo is someone I can see, um, Sirianni, he's, he's like Sirianni's right hand, hand man there. almost. And he, he deals with a lot right now in terms of situational stuff, right? Uh, so those would be the top two, I would say internally on the offensive side, on the defensive side. I, I think Denard Wilson is the obvious name to know. I mean, he is the, uh, what the assistant head coach for defense or the assistant defensive coordinator. What's, what's the title that got added to him? Um, but, but, but he's certainly someone to know there. Uh, 
you know, I, I think someone has described to me in the past, Nick Rallis as a future defensive coordinator in this league. But I, th- I think Denard Wilson would, would be the top defensive candidate. passing game coordinator. Yeah. Defensive, defensive passing backs. game. Yeah. So I would definitely pay attention to Wilson and Wilson, someone who, uh, who, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard great things about and that secondary is playing at a high level this year. Uh, externally, we've mentioned Vic Fangio, right? He's someone who, if they want the established guy, the, uh, is, you know, someone who can come in and has that type of gravitas as a, has been one of the, the best defensive coordinators in the NFL over the past decade. Obvious name to watch. Local has affiliation with the team. Was at training camp this year, so in theory has a sense of. He's the been working for the team. He admitted it. Yes. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, off- offensively, the name you would hear quite a bit, of course, is Frank Reich. Hmm. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to go with your boy first, but my my boy being who? Tommy Reese. Well, Tommy Reese is someone who Nick's tried to hire in the past. Okay. And uh, Tommy Reese is he's the offense coordinator and he's the offense coordinator at Notre Dame. That's a really good job. Um, I don't know what I, I, I don't know Tommy Reese, but that would be someone to monitor. But I, I you know, people are going to be talking about Frank Reich. I don't know if I don't know what that situation would be. Um, I don't know what Frank's options are elsewhere. I know Frank's held in high esteem in the organization, and obviously we saw it in Indianapolis this year by Sirianni. So uh, that would be something to watch. But also Marcus I, Brady on, on the staff, the, the fired Colts offensive point. coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. Uh, so that would be the the the, the direction I would watch. But if they decide to keep it internally, I I, I think Johnson slash Patulo and then Denard Wilson. Are the names that would pay attention to the the one thing that is just sort of on my radar about like uh like a Fangio or something like that like an established defensive coordinator who's more of a like an arranged marriage with Sirianni is that like we we have heard so much and when they when these guys came in this staff was all about this like this youthful energy right and I'm not saying that you know Fangio wouldn't be an upgrade over Jonathan Gannon he you know I think history would tell us that he would be. But like just the, that mix of styles, um, how might that go? And so, I don't know. Just just something that's on my radar. Like whereas Denard Wilson has been here, uh, I don't know how I don't know what he's like yeah. as a defensive schemer or, or a play caller. But uh, it's a, it's an easier transition in that sense. Sure, but uh, and I, I would imagine a lot too uh, depends on how the Eagles finish this year. But Sirianni certainly has more you know, cachet or gravitas, if you will, around the league after going 14 and three, he, he, he might be the coach of the year this year, who knows? But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're an established defensive coordinator now, this is a different situation than coming in say two years ago. Sure. All right. Let's take a little break, come back, do a little uh, getting a bird in edgewise. We open up the quail bag and answer questions from you. The valued listener. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Welcome back, Birds of the Friends. Bo, Zach, and Miss Broccoli Cheddar herself. Uh, Marissa, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I don't okay. know how to respond to that, but yeah, yeah I'm either. good. Excited to hear the answers to these questions. A lot of people chimed in, so... Yeah, well, ready to fire them off. Let's dip our beaks. Let's jump right in. First question comes from Garrett. Zach, which free agents would you prioritize re-signing? Now, the Eagles, we have talked about, have uh, a ton of free agents. They have uh, more pending free agents who have played at least 50% of the snaps than any other team in the league. They have nine. Uh, wow. I will quickly run down that list, starting uh, in order of how many snaps they've played. Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, Isaac Sayamalu, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Miles Sanders, and then you get to the Bob Quinn, Zach Paschal, Linval Joseph, Dominic and Sue, Boston Scott, Gardner Minshew, Andre Dillard, Tyree Jackson, Brett Toth. Javon Hargrave, based on the position that he plays, the production that he's had, would be the top priority. <clears throat> and I, I know we're we talking about an on-air or, or off-air, Perhaps he's priced himself out of it. I, I think the Eagles are are, are going to make him a, a priority, even though they have Jordan Davis and Milton Williams as internal defensive tackles. I I would think Chauncey Gardner Johnson would be someone to watch here. Now now you're going to have to pick one of those safeties. I don't know if you can keep both. Epps would presumably be less expensive than Gardner Johnson. I think Gardner Johnson has more of a chance to have kind of elite ability for you or. Uh, near top of the league ability for you. And he would be a priority based on the age and the positional depth, frankly. Based on production this year, I, I would say Bradbury, but the Eagles are going to have to decide, do they want to have uh, two 30-plus-year-old cornerbacks next year, especially when they you know, have three picks in the top, uh, what, 61 this year at, at, at least? Uh Actually, no, that's not true. In the top 63 this year, at least, um, to uh, potentially address cornerback. And I think Bradbury has perhaps priced himself out of the Eagles because he's had a big year for them. And he signed that one-year deal with the goal of of, of uh, resetting his, his value. Uh, I like the way TJ's played. I don't know how expensive TJ's going to be. I think you decide between TJ or Kaiser. And then 
I think the, the hardest decision they'll have is Miles Sanders, is what price do you put on Miles Sanders. But my guess is that's a position they can address in the draft. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, this will not be a surprise, but I don't think Miles Sanders is a difficult decision because there are there are also other good running back, free agent running backs. Um, and so it's, it, it, that might actually mean that he comes that's back. What, yeah, that's what I'm saying, I don't, it depresses value. Right, I yeah. think I, I think you have a, you, you set a number and if it's anything more than that number, you don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. I don't think you're committing to more than two years. Um, it's just, you know, the, the the value of the position, especially in this offense where Jalen Hurts makes it easy, plus the draft, I think I think that seems pretty easy. Uh, I'm with you. I think you make a decision between TJ and Kaiser. I think the decision is probably TJ. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit depends on where you would rather play N'Kobe Dean. Um, but I think Kaiser White's play has dropped a little bit in the second half of the season. Um, I, I, we've talked about it before. I disagree with you on Epps versus Garner Johnson. I think it's more likely they keep Epps. Um, based on price or production? Based on price and reliability. Okay. Um, I think he – I think there are also the intangible things where, like, you are rewarding internally guys in the locker room who came up through your system. You developed. You reward those guys. Um and I think I think you talk about like price in the market. I think CJ Gardner Johnson has a better chance to sign a massive deal, and I don't think that I would give him a massive deal. Um, and I think you're right that way you said. Like I think I think the guy that they would most like back is Javon Hargrave, but he's 30. If he's going to get a huge deal somewhere, it, we're still talking about. I mean, he's been he's been awesome. He's he's been probably you know the third or fourth best interior defensive lineman in the league this year. Uh, from a pass rush standpoint, but that's still that's still a position where it's a lot it's a lot to spend. Um, but they're probably going to lose Fletcher Cox, and they don't they they want to be stacked there. So I I do think that they will prioritize him. And where do you stand on Isaac? Uh, I think the Isaac decision is linked to Jason Kelsey's future. Okay. Um, I think if Kelsey is coming back, you let Isaac go. I think if Kelsey retires. Uh, you probably try to bring him back because you don't want to be thinking about having two new starters on the offensive line. And, you know, Kelsey and, and Fletcher Cox, and then I would include Brandon Graham in here too, have been like... Yeah, Brandon Eagles, Graham is not listed yeah. as a free agent, but his his deal is going to void, so... Uh, have, have been the Eagles of the past decade, right? And the Eagles are the only franchise that they played for. Uh, when you get to this point in your career and you've only played in one city and on one team, sometimes there's that emotional value on both sides, right? Uh, do you think that either that any of the three would entertain playing elsewhere next year? Or do you think it's like, yeah, let's try to make something work in Philadelphia, and if it doesn't work in Philadelphia, I'm done? I think if we... Well, if, well, let's if, focus if, on on, on if, Graham and Kelsey because Cox is younger. So let's focus. Well, on I was going to say if we if we accept yeah. the premise that they're all going to continue to play, yeah, I think that Fletcher Cox is the likeliest to play somewhere else. Okay, yeah, I, I shouldn't include him there because he's 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 younger, right? And, and but but Graham and Kelsey, let's let's focus on on those two. Could you like yeah. see Brandon Graham playing somewhere else? Yeah, I find it hard to believe. And I you have insight, of course. You you were with them last week. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you know they and he has been open about saying it, yeah. and and Carlene said it that every time his contract has come up, they thought they were going somewhere else. They mm-hmm. thought they were leaving, um, not because they were like desperate to get out, but just because like that was the tenor of the 
conversation. Um, and we remember in 2018, you know, Brandon Graham going around the locker room, like shaking hands with all the media yep. members saying goodbye. Um, but at this point now, I would be, I would be pretty surprised. I'd be pretty blown over if, if either guy goes elsewhere. What about you? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Right. And, and I imagine, I think I would be more, I think I would somehow be more surprised if Graham went somewhere else than I would if Kelsey went somewhere else. Only because if Kelsey, I mean, they have drafted his replacement. If he really doesn't want to retire, but the Eagles are gung-ho about moving on George Juergens, Kelsey is still like the best center in the league. He can make a lot of money going anywhere. Whereas Brandon Graham, despite you know getting to 10 sacks, is still a rotational pass rusher. His market's not going to be as as robust, and the Eagles still value that spot. That's a good point. I don't know. I could be wrong. I I guess on along those lines, um, the uh, a, a Fletcher Cox question: Could you see Fletcher Cox taking a hometown discount and accepting being like a third, a, a you know the third guy, if you will, right? Like, no. or is it not in his? It's not in his DNA to do. Yeah, that I don't. Yet. I don't. I don't see okay. that. Do you? I don't, but but we thought last year that yeah. part of the reason why he came back is because he wanted to be in Philadelphia, right? That that I mean, he, he now the Eagles paid him handsomely, but it 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 was very much like they cut him and they it was it was that wink wink deal, um, and I don't know how how much Fletcher Cox wanted to look at the market. I you know I he he wanted to be a part of the Eagles there, right? So yeah. uh, now this year hasn't necessarily. Go, I mean, he's been he's been better than he was last year. Right. But if they keep Hargrave, one would think that that's you're deciding between Hargrave and Cox. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question from Squidward Tentacles. How would you rank the playoff teams based on team names slash mascots? I'll defer to you on this one. Yeah. Like you have first choice. And all right. Well, let's 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 focus on the NFC to start. Okay. Um, New York Giants is the worst. Um, cause it's not even original. I mean, they stole it from a baseball team. So that's, that's at the bottom. Um, Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks. I think Minnesota Vikings and San Francisco 49ers are the two best. Um, they both have legitimate connections to where they are. Um, both solid mascots. I would say, Seahawks is number I would go Dallas Cowboys ahead of Seattle Seahawks because a Seahawk is not even a real species of bird right it's like a I'm assuming yeah it's just a a generalization yeah exactly you're the bird man Bo how don't you know this is that I think it's not a type of bird but I could be wrong so that's how I would rank those oh a Tampa Bay Buck is Mm, maybe sub Seahawk. It's just, it's okay. And are we not including the Eagles in here? Uh, yeah, let's not include the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Uh, AFC, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. I would say Chargers last. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. but great logo. Good logo. Great, yeah. great logo and colors. Just uh, actually, yeah, no, like Chiefs is last. Chiefs is last. Um, problematic. Mm-hmm. Chargers at six. I think Ravens um, is underrated. 
I, yeah, I agree with you. Edgar Allan Poe and, uh, you know, and it's an original thing. There, There's no other teams in, in professional sports called the Ravens, right? So I like the originality to it. I agree with that. Uh, and I think I would put uh, – I might put it one. I think Buffalo Bills is really good. Uh, I don't love Jaguars. Yeah, um, because they're Jaguars and Jackson. It, exactly. Uh, it's, yeah. it's more because of the the alliteration that they went with it. Right. And, yeah. I like I like Bengals too because I like that it's not I like it that they've, they've specified the type of tiger. Okay, but uh, if you don't like Jaguars, Bengals aren't an indigenous to yeah, that's true. Cincinnati. But. So yeah, I would go I would go Ravens, Bills, I guess Dolphins, Bengals, Jaguars, Chargers, Chiefs. There you go. There you go. All right, uh, Jonathan asks, what percent strength? Of Lane Johnson is enough to perform better than Jack Driscoll or a Mylotta and Dillard Schiff. So, how, how many uh, turkeys of Lane Johnson do you need to be better <laughs> well, than Jack Driscoll? Yeah, once again, I'm I'm not great at this percentage thing, like X percent compared to. At, what I'll say is that Lane Johnson, as long as he can functionally block out there, right? As you know, he's going to be playing with pain. We. We, we almost had to accept that he has to accept that more than anything else. Uh, that's, that's a tough injury. Everything starts at your core. Um, as long as he can be functional out there, he's Lane Johnson. He's the best right tackle in the NFL. I would want him. I would trust him more than Jack Driscoll. And that's not a knock on Jack Driscoll. That's just how good Lane Johnson is. So as long as he can be functional out there, then I would go Lane. Uh, next question from Katoven. I think 76% of Lane Johnson okay. is what I want over. Why not 74%? Because I'm making up a number. That's my point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's what he asked. Okay. I'm trying to give him his answer. Him or, him or her. Um, Zach, what do you think the Eagles do with the 10th pick of the draft? Oh, wow. I've been putting a lot of thought into this. And... I would need to know what the first nine are. I, I, I think D-line, offensive tackle, or corner. Uh, and the best player of, of uh, available from those three positions. Not edge? And, yeah, the, well, the, when I say defensive line. Oh, defensive line. line. Like, I, I yeah. thought you said defensive tackle. I'm sorry. Uh, D-line, so rushing the quarterback, yes. protecting the quarterback, or cornerback. Um, those, those three. I can't see that now. That's a... A wide swath, I get it. It won't be a wide receiver. It won't be a running back. It won't. I don't think it'd be a tight end that early. It won't be. I don't think it'd be a safety. Although Brian Branch is a good player, um, it's not going to be a linebacker, and uh, it won't be an interior offensive lineman. Now, the I think there are going to be some interesting corners in that range, but O line, D line always breaks the tie for this organization. If you had to pick one right now, what would you guess? D-line slash edge. Okay. Yeah. I think I might pick I think I might pick tackle. Offensive tackle? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. There's uh, there's the Ohio State offensive tackle, Paris Johnson. He's coming after our hearts. He's a journalism major, writes for the school paper. Yeah. I mean, come on. Zach, are you just like brainstorming the stories now? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like uh 
It's one of those things. Bo's got the, you know, when I go and introduce myself on the first day, Bo's going to have to say, Zach, you've been professional. Yeah, <laughs> professional here, right? Be talking about leads and not protecting leads. I think mm. he should shadow you for a day and you should shadow him for a day. That would be a visual. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, last one before we go to our next break. Uh, from Carlos, who on the team most overachieved their preseason expectations? And same with underachieved. Do you want me to go first or do you want to take it? I think, I think given the stakes, the answer is Jalen Hurts. Yes. Um, like given the importance of his overachievement, um, because nobody saw him being quite this good. Um, and it was, it was immediate. That's um, probably the right answer. If you're talking about uh, not factoring that stuff in, I mean, I think the answer is probably Reed Blankenship um, because he's been really good. Uh, and I think they're trying to keep him on the field. And that was not the expectation, especially if you're talking about like entering training camp, he was, uh, like considered a practice squad hopeful. So, yeah. and underachieved or do you want me to answer? Why don't you answer overachieved? And then, so yeah. agree with you on, on Jalen hurts. That would be number one. I think I would go Hassan Reddick and I want to go back and see, and, and I, I should ask you where you ranked him on your training camp board uh for, for for performances but there were questions about reddick there were questions is he going to drop is he you know what's his is he going to be that type of difference maker and josh reddick oh, i'm sorry not josh reddick hassan reddick has been even better than anyone could have expected i mean 16 sacks to have that run he had of double digit sacks and i just think back it was actually a storyline after the first two games of the season why Hassan Reddick isn't getting to the quarterback or is Hassan Reddick getting to the quarterback? And then it just came in waves. Uh, but for someone, for him to finish 16 sacks, to have the pressure rate that he had, uh, Hassan Reddick, I think, is up there. Uh, I had him in the in the state healthy category, just okay. veterans who didn't really have much to prove and did what they needed to do. Um, and then who would you say has underachieved the most, Zach? Relative to expectations, and this is kind of – I mean, they're 14-3. and three. They've played really well. It's really hard to find yeah, anybody. Yeah. I, I I would go with the two slots. I would go with Avante Maddox because of injury, you know, even though he's played real well. He's just – he's missed a good – you know, he's been on – well, he was on IR, and then he's missed these past few games. And then Quez Watkins relative to the season that he had last year, the you know, he, he hasn't taken that jump, but that's because – AJ and Devonte are are that good. So, uh, but it's hard. Again, it's hard to find people when you're 14 and three and the best team in the NFL. I think the answer is is Jordan Davis, um, because maybe this is more about like the pick that was used on him, but you know the the idea that he was going to change the face of the defense um, and. And like this, this skill set that was so hard to find. There are only so many people on the world who can do what he can do. You know, we got to trade up to get him. Well, you signed a guy midway through the season who is 34 years old and has come in and done a better job and displaced him. Um, and so, like, maybe it's a it's a larger conversation about couldn't you have just signed Linval Joseph in the offseason and used that pick on something else or you know, waited until the second or third round to get a, a nose tackle because even when Jordan Davis has been on the field and he was injured, um, he has not been dominant. 
in any way. Um, and so I think, I think that's really the only one who has like really underachieved based on what our expectations were entering the season. Well, I, I suppose based on the expectations entering the season, you probably need to say Nicobe Dean, right? Because going into camp, we thought yeah. it's a matter of time before he's the starting linebacker. And that, that hasn't been the case. Now he's going to be a starting linebacker next year. Uh, yeah, but, but he, he was held out of a job, whereas exactly. Jordan Davis lost a job. Sure. You know? Okay. It's, it's semantics, I but okay. I, I'm right. still gambling on Jordan Davis going forward. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, let's take our, our last break, come back, and finish out some questions. Welcome back. Burns with friends. What are you laughing at? Me? Yeah. I was smiling. When you come back from break, you're supposed to smile. You were laughing at something. No, I was literally smiling, though. You yes. heard a chuckle, Marissa. What's the what do you think? Um, you heard it, you thought it was laughing, right? No, I think he was like preparing to be back on screen. Yes, mm, thank, thank you, Marissa. Yeah. Yes. I exactly. was like just, you know, yeah. <laughs> dozing, but he's preparing to be back on screen. Yeah. He's the professional. Yeah, I was I was reading our our I was catching up on the water core on Slack, which mm -hmm. is a channel. Yes. Wow, giving away company secrets. Look at this. <laughs> Please Watch don't frame it. it that way. All right, uh, back to the quail bag. Zach from Tejiza, what is your preferred time slot for next week's game? Saturday time. So basically, it, unless the unless the league is going to do uh, AFC one day, NFC the other day, if they're going to keep it split. I think the, it's clear the Eagles would play Saturday if the Giants or Seahawks pull an upset this weekend. And if it's the Cowboys or Bucks, they'll play Sunday because those teams play Monday night. So the day of the week matters less to me than the time. Yes. I, I want the earlier slot. I'll admit that. Uh, I, I know some fans like the primetime games from a workflow perspective, from like a health of my week perspective, the early game on Saturday or Sunday. And is it still is it still 438-1-4? Yes. 1-4-30? So yeah, that Sunday one o'clock is. That's the preference. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I would I, say I can live with Sunday four thirty. I don't want the Saturday eight. I actually prefer the Saturday eight to the Sunday four thirty. I don't the in between okay. of a four thirty. Okay. I don't like. Um, okay. I would. What rather... time did you wrap up after this past one? Three. Yeah, Three thirty. Um, which is not ideal. I mean, that's not, but, but I mean, uh, it's a Saturday night game. I know I'm losing the night. Um, I don't know. Just specific uh, personal preferences. We uh, will have a pod no matter what time it is. Yes. That's exactly right. Ben Taylor wants me, to know. Go ahead. I got a, I got a question last night. What do you do after the games? And I was explaining to the person, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's like, wait, how long is the podcast? What do you like to, what do you like better? What do you do after the games or what do you do in the off season? As a question that every person in the world asks you. The off season one is great. The off season one. Yeah. So what do yeah. You, what do you do in the off season? Yeah. Michael gets that question a lot. <laughs> what do you think I do? Like nothing? Like you think I just show up, you know? Making taco soup. <laughs> yeah. Uh from Ben Tanner, if each Birds with Friends host was an Eagles coach or staff member, who would be who? I don't know. What do you what do you think? I think Marissa is – oh, what do we got there? <laughs> the Berman kids? Yeah, yes. Um, 
who's who's the person on the staff who makes everything happen? Who, who like without without this person, the whole thing would crumble. That's not true. Stoutland. <laughs> Stoutland, that's a good one. Makes uh, everybody that's better. Honorary one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Plus, you got oh yeah, and the offensive line. line. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Yes. Uh, Zach is. Uh, who's the person on the staff who beats themselves up the most? Who takes I, I, losses I the, the worst? I, I mean, based on what Chris Long said on the podcast, it's always the special teams coordinator, mm. right? Um, but that doesn't feel like Michael Clay. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like Clay. No, um, he said defensive line coach too, right? That, yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd give you Tracy Rocker either. Uh, I mean, ben I Garrett think says, I think you I think you stick with Gannon, your boy. Okay, okay. I mean, look the the uh, the qualities that people said he he had are you know qual in, in my story last year qualities that I aspire to to have right in terms remembering of, people's uh, names. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. I actually I, you have uh, to do it for Emily. Me. Got I, myself. I I am I'm I'll share this 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 one personal thing. Emily was like uh, surprised at me the other day slash like um, I don't I, I wouldn't say peeved but more surprised when I said what's what's this 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 person's husband's name right like she was talking about one of her friends and I I didn't remember the name wow. and like it it uh yeah and usually I'm very good at that and so she she gave it back to me like you don't remember his name because I'm I'm really good at remembering names otherwise so uh i think bo is Do you sirianni. want to tell us who it is sirianni <laughs> yeah yeah because you'll because you'll go on tangents in the middle of an important football conversation so. <laughs> that's good I, I can see you doing a press conference and talk about taco soup so uh no i think soup. yeah i think you are probably here, here let me think here I saw Del Rio in the chat. That was a, <laughs> a funny submission. <laughs> um, Brian Johnson, because we were both very decorated high school athletes. No, <laughs> no. Um, huh. Okay. Well, no, no. Uh, Jason Michael. Jason Michael's the best over. arm, right? Isn't that what uh, Jason Michael? <laughs> When you, you asked Siri, you trying to make me mad? <laughs> you asked Sirianni one day, I believe it was you, about who who throws it the best, right? Yeah, but he was. I mean, Alex Tanny has the best arm. Like, who are we kidding? Okay, so then you're Alex Tanny then. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You get to be the defensive coordinator, and I'm a I'm a quality control coach. <laughs> I see how I see how it is. You're Actually, post uh, Lori because yeah, yeah, post Lori here. He can step in when he wants. I like this. For, I like this in the chat from Mark Bowen. I'm Sirianni because we both get mad at tennis. <laughs> that's a good one. You guys have a lot of similarities. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, all right, Zach. Um, following on the reporters theme from Dave, uh, as reporters, what's what are your feelings heading into the playoffs? Extra juice? Do you feel pressure to put out? Great work in podcasts and as intensity and stakes rise for the team and the fan base. Yes, definitely so. Uh, and I think you can tell from this episode, starting with Soup, that we do <laughs> care about the quality of the podcast upping its level. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel very strongly about that. Now, I think every day matters, right? It's it's 
you know, the 18th day of training camp matters just as much as, as week 18, but, Not uh, the metrics. Oh, but, but when there are more eyeballs on you, right. When there's more attention to the team, you want to rock, you know, you want to, uh, you want to perform now as, as, uh, as Nick Sirianni, Oh, I'm sorry. As Chip Kelly used to say, and I was actually listening to a podcast the other day with, uh, James Clear is the author of, Atomic's habit, of Atomic Habits right up there. Um, and he was on the Tim Ferriss show. And he he quoted this where you don't sink to your training. You don't rise to the occasion. You sink to your training, right? So it's kind of like that. You know, um, you had to have a baseline that you hit. But I, I, I think that we have some good stories planned. I have some good ideas that I would like to pursue. And uh, hopefully you all enjoy them. Got my, got my Mount Joy T-shirt on, which which uh, was a was a Christmas present. Just popping that for the chat. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think you you want you want to do a better job. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, next up, this is tough. Which regular season game asks Jordan in the past ten years do you think had the most crowd intensity, and which playoff game? Well, which playoff game is obvious? The Vikings game. Yes, I think that's right. Which um, regular season game had the regular most Regular season game. Uh, hmm. I think... Let me think here. Okay, I'll go... Now, it was raining that, that night, but I remember the first... The first game after the Super Bowl, you know, th- that Thursday night game. Yeah, that's a good a, one. There's a lot of excitement for 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 that one. I see Stone Cold here says 2018 opener comes to mind. That's probably the one I, I would go with. That I Falcons think that's a good game. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else comes to mind because even like in, in 17 and this year, most of their home games have been sort of blowouts. Yeah. Um, like the you know, there's the Jake Elliott game from 17, but but the 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 team hadn't quite earned like the all of the juice just yet. Um, but I don't know. It's tough. I think night to think games earlier. It, yeah, night games typically have 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 more energy, more excitement to them. Um so I I do remember there was in, in terms of juice when LaShawn McCoy came back with Buffalo, there was a lot of um, interest and excitement in that game. Uh, but the Eagles were kind of waning at that point in the season. When Carson returned from injury well, against the Colts in 2018, there was excitement, but that was an earlier game in the day. I actually think a game that had underrated, underrated excitement was um, the Tuesday night game last year, the COVID delay game against Washington. I remember that was a good crowd. Mm. Okay, good answer. Uh, from Franskin LA, Zach, who is the last man standing in an NFC playoff coaches battle royale? So you've got Nick Sirianni, you got Mike McCarthy, you got Kevin O'Connell, you got Todd Bowles from last year, you got Pete Carroll, and you got Kyle Shanahan, and you have Brian Dable. Mm. Wait, who's, who's winning that battle royal? Oh, just from the playoff teams. Okay, I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. I was thinking Dan Campbell until you said that. Um, well, Bowles played 
right? So Bowles is the only one left. Well, no, O'Connell played too. Bowles and O'Connell played. Uh, so those would be now O'Connell's younger, but he's a quarterback. Uh, you know, Dable and, and Sirianni have that Western New York in them. I would probably go with I would probably go with Bowles. He's he's the defensive back in the group. Right. I think this is uh booking wise, I think this is a pretty clear uh scenario where um Bowles is the guy who everyone's going after um because he seems like the best shot. He he tosses over McCarthy right away. McCarthy's a jobber. Um Siri, Sirianni and Dable team up. Uh they've got, you know, their friends, they're they're working together. Um they uh work together with O'Connell to eliminate Bowles, Bowles goes down as the favorite, and then Sirianni turns on Dable uh, and throws him over. Um, then Shanahan uh, is is a jobber in this sense as well. He gets tossed over by O'Connell. Uh, Sirianni tosses over O'Connell. It looks like Sirianni has won. And then Pete Carroll has been hiding under the ring the entire time. <laughs> Comes out, dumps over, dumps over Sirianni yeah. over the top rope, and and Carroll celebrates with his shirt off. Smacking that gum. He's as old as Stetson Bunnett, man. So, yeah. That's good. Look wow. at you. How about Zach McPherson with the uh, with the Stetson Bennett age joke? Man after my own heart. What do you say? Older than I am, I think? Or so This guy's 25 years old? I'm turning this off. Okay. <laughs> he was right. Uh, all right. I think that's all we got for today. So, uh, one more from Matt. Peckness migrate hurts Sirianni Roseman. Uh. Well, the quarterback, you always peck, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You always nest. Um, right? It's it, that it's hardest to find the quarterback of any of those positions. Uh, Howie has done it. Now, I think, I think the GM has the most staying power, though. So maybe you want to nest the GM. Like, in theory, a GM could do that job for, you know, three decades, whereas a quarterback can, a coach can. I think a coach has – Did you see Adam Schefter's tweet from the other day? I I, I did. I did. What did he say? He said, uh, like, fun fact. In the last five like, years, uh, or, or, or no, no I'm, I'm the, sorry. The Eagles no, in the last five years has become the first team in NFL history okay. to uh, be the number one seed with in the same five-year span with a different head coach and a different quarterback. Hmm. How do you think that morsel of information <laughs> made its way to Adam Schefter? The ESPN is Research my, Department. Is my... <laughs> curiosity the ESPN research department yeah we'll go with that answer um i'm 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 nesting hurts i'm i'm pecking howie and i'm migrating nick i guess i think you have to migrate nick which is no disrespect to nick it's just yeah. the least important thing um i don't know i think i i think it's a defensible position to say that you would you would nest the, yeah. the general manager um, yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Is is, is but I, I just think in terms of like like finding a quarterback is is the hardest thing to do. When you have a quarterback, yeah. you hold on to him for dear life. Yeah. All right. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Um, we will be back later this week. I think we're gonna we're gonna have a little special guest uh, at some point. Um, and we continue rolling on with uh, soup with friends. So for Zach and Marissa. And uh, I don't know. 
French onion soup. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later this week. And as always, we love you.